0: Okay,
1: 1990. Uh, I don't um, remember what I was doing in 1990. I'm trying to think, I would have been seven. I mean, this paper, Vielleicht, nothing. Slow Newsweek. Um, (laughs) basically like good use of the time machine of just like dropping us in in a week that nothing happened pretty much (laughs) Uh, the most notable thing I can find here is like Leonard Bernstein just conducted his final concert that's sad I I guess I mean you know last concert sure how long does he live after I don't yeah that I don't know what's sad is uh, Leonard Bernstein is one of those people that I feel like I should know but that my uh, soul Recollection is from the REM song "That's at End of the World as We Know It." Like that's where they reference Leonard Bernstein. Uh huh. I, I don't know anything else. I should know, but I don't. Yeah, uh, I, it's it's so like that. This is happening in 1990. To me, just seems like okay. Yeah, probably wrap it up. Well, say 1990. The Berlin Wall just fell, not that long ago. Right. Yeah, we're about we're we're uh, grunge is ramping. Yeah, there, but there's no, you know, n- newspaper headline that says grunge is ramping. Right, we're in it like <laughs> a new era, and Seattle is at the epicenter of it. <laughs> I mean, I'm this is going to be a crazy time. <laughs> yeah, watch out. Uh, these kids are dirty. Mick says the Smashing Pumpkins are better. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, this is I didn't. This is a weird rivalry between us. Like, I, I have Soundgarden and Nirvana, and you've uh-huh. got uh, Pumpkins, and who else from Chicago? Kanye. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> how, okay, how old is, Kanye's got to be my uh, close to my age, right? Uh, that's, well, I don't know. I, I always presume that everybody who is <laughs> mega successful in our timeline is older my than- age or younger. Oh, I'm still doing that thing where I think that most people are still slightly like Aww. I'm still younger than everybody no 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 you're like Leonard Bernstein <laughs> <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> fair enough uh alright what, what are we gonna see uh well so man again slim Pickens. but uh I mean DuckTales the movie Treasure of the Lost Lamp I mean, I've I'm, seen it I have too damn it yeah. well that leaves us with a uh weird choice which is um Exorcist three oh, damn it I still haven't seen the Exorcist I have only seen the Exorcist in like film reviews and occasionally clips on television oh weird I would have thought it would be one that you would have picked up some along somewhere along the way it, it's one that I feel like I have probably seen in total but scattered throughout my life Like oh, oh here's see, a documentary yeah, yeah, yeah. about Film and Here. I've seen several Important scenes and then some not Important scenes right but you TV. probably haven't seen like the connecting Tissue between them so you're like no, oh no. that's how this connects. Right yeah <laughs> if if you asked me you know I mean what happened? If, if we're seeing this Uh I hope it doesn't draw On anything from the first one story wise Because boy I won't know anything Yeah <laughs> And I mean Are you up for this like horror movies Are not your thing I know It's not really my thing either, but I think it could be kind of fun. I've heard that the second one was shit. I know nothing about the third one, though. I I also know nothing about the third one. Eh, fuck it. Yeah, let's just do it. All right. I mean, maybe we'll, you know, we'll get luckier next time, I guess. (laughs) Exorcist 3! Uh, do you want this guy's coffee? Oh my gosh you're just going for it again. Well unless you want it. (laughs) Please um so Adam what the shit? You're asking me? (laughs) I have so many questions. I don't think that this movie has a subtitle but I think that if it did, it should be Exorcist Three. What the shit? The movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would also take Electric Boogaloo because it fits as much as anything else. I've no, I have no idea. Sure, yeah, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm like, I know we said before we got into this whether we like not seeing the Exorcist one. Yeah, I don't think because they have one small flashback to apparently they gave away the ending of The Exorcist. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, some of the same characters carry over, but everything's pretty well explained. Like, you don't I don't feel like I am bereft of. No, I wasn't lost. No, 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 no. Um, No, for that reason anyway. Correct. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I didn't. uh, And I don't think this was super. I mean, yeah, like you said, like there's there were. This feels very much like, yeah, it's the same characters interacting with like same elements, but not like there, there is an exorcism kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, there's the beginnings of one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So I, there's a file on this, of course, yeah. over in the magic file cabinet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it seems like there's a decent amount that we need to talk about before we actually talk about the movie okay because in some ways this is almost the opposite scenario as last picture show okay. where we have the director production company relationship kind of flipped in the yes. power role reversal well and isn't the i think i saw that the director is also the writer of the books yes so exorcist three Directed by William Peter Blatty. Who did nothing else, I'm assuming. Uh, as director, no. Um, so he indeed wrote the first Exorcist. Okay. Book. Yep. Turned into a film. Right. Uh, critical success for years to come. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was going to say, like, the Exorcist is one of the handful of horror movies that I, I probably should see because just from filmic, mm-hmm. you know, well, like I feel like you've it, seen Exorcist three. Yeah, the Exorcist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like I'm supposed to see like The Exorcist and The Shining and Silence of the Lambs, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that like, uh, the fucking movie just Jordan Peele. <laughs> oh, Get, get out. out. Jesus Christ. I feel like also like at this point Get Out is going to be like on that list as well, yep. just for like cultural and filmic sure touch points. Yeah. Um so yeah. so exorcist Gremlins. two is one of those <laughs> exorcist two is one of those um like studio things where it's like everybody loves this Turn out, uh, we gotta have another one got it um and uh uh bladdy n- not not into it and uh has said like that should not even have been called an exorcist movie i mean i'm not sure he's He didn't follow it up with something that necessarily should be called an exorcist movie either. Well, so then... So he had plans to... You know, he's going to write this new thing. Oh, okay. Um, No studio wanted it because... Of the flop of two. two, I see. So he decided to write it as a book. So he wrote Exorcist three as a book. It wasn't Which, called Exorcist so three. It's called Legion, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the book was a bestseller, it was huge. So uh, then, then they come the studios. Got it. <laughs> and they're like, uh yeah, we want to do this. Exorcist three, baby. And uh he's reluctant to even do that because coming on the heels of exorcist 2 nobody's going to take it seriously right um it's not going to get a good reception nobody's going to give it a chance um he uh, uh contacts the original director from of the first film which is i, was, I should know this. this is somebody big hold on it's got to be, let, let's look at the papers so the original exorcist was directed by william friedkin i'm under the impression that blatty and he were tight um yeah. but he didn't want to put his name on the on this third one so he he was out well i was gonna say i thought i saw somewhere in those papers that like he was going to do it and yeah. then he figured out that the bladdy actually wanted wanted to direct it and he so like he walked back from it there's a little of that and a little bit of the like picking up already on the fact that it, there's going to be a company involved that's going to want things uh, so he's already seen like the writing on the wall that yeah. bladdy doesn't see quite because he's never directed a movie and so did john carpenter who bladdy oh, that, also what, that's asked what i'm thinking of to direct and carpenter declined passed on it okay so we now leave it to just bladdy to direct So Morgan Creek was the production company, which I always, it's funny. Morgan Creek is one of those that I always associated with whenever I saw the production. I was like, Oh, this is actually going to be pretty good. I don't know why no association with them. It's, it's one of those weird ones that like I picked up and this is like a late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Like noticing. Mm -hmm. I just noticed it was one of those things that like I've, I picked up that like, Oh, Morgan Creek makes movies that I, I at least like enjoy. Yeah. Um, not like they're not my, necessarily my favorite movies or like star studded or whatever. They're just good. So, uh, they buy the rights to the film that we just saw. Um, and when it's done, bloody directs it. They screen it, um, once in Haiti and <laughs> what, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, they use what, like his director's cut sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the the cut that, you know, he had. That Vladdy did. And the studio comes back and says, um, well, this is The Exorcist 3. There's no um, exorcism because the film that we just saw, uh, as you might know, we'll get to it, has right. an exorcism scene kind of tacked on at the end. It feels a little weird. It does feel weird. It doesn't feel like... it. it yeah, because like, I'm trying to remember the it's Father Mourning. Yeah. Father morning is the, the guy who is performing the exorcist or the exorcism and he's woven kind of throughout and these like small, like weird interstitial bits. Yeah. Um, but he's never woven really into the plot of what's happening no, with other characters. The only time he interacts with anybody else in the movie is that final scene. Yeah. So that's the scene that they demanded that be in The Exorcist, because we need an exorcism. It's called The Exorcist. <laughs> we can't just have scenes of people talking, God right. damn it! <laughs> I mean, what's weird about it is that they also, the way they built it, too, it feels necessary for the end. A little bit. Um, I guess they could have just had... I'd like to talk about the original ending after we okay. uh, talk, talk about, about the movie. I mean, I guess I could see how you could get there yeah, without yeah. it, but it's, it was, I mean, it does feel tacked on. Well, it's the one moment in the film where there's like effects happening. Yeah, I was you know, say, like, there's like, gore that you yeah. the only, the only horror, like gore, horror elements yeah, are the, be, as a result of it. Right. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So uh, well, this coffee isn't half bad. that guy at some point is going to find us and be pissed i mean we we, we've taken his coffee to the 70s now to the 90s you know i don't know i feel like it's when you're 20 30 40 years out of like you get a break somehow either that or you're going to get a bill one of these days (laughs) i mean it'll be for like five cents right yeah so um so uh cast here we have george c scott which is a to me is kind of a big get also for a horror movie. Yeah. Um, he plays uh, Lieutenant William F. Kinderman. Uh, you would recognize George C. Scott from a lot of things. Patent is the one that I write. Dr. I, Strange love for me. Right. Um, uh, he, so this was a role that, um, existed in the original, um, oh. at, not as a, a major character, but he, he was in there and it had to be recast because the original actor died, um, by now. Oh, sure. um, Uh, and I got to say, I really like George C. Scott in this movie. Yes. And yes, I mean, I mean, I've got a couple. Yeah. Yes. Well, so uh, what I really like about movies like this Mm -hmm. are that compared to a 2020 movie, if this was made in 2021, yeah, all of the cops would have been good looking people in their 20s. Yep. There's no way in hell you would have the main character in this story be an older gentleman. I would also argue way. it could also probably be less diverse. <laughs> sure. Cuz like it's almost 50-50. Yeah. In the at least in the in the precinct, which I, to me is is kind of a it was a shock cuz I was expecting I was not expecting that to be as diverse of a yeah. a, a cast specific, specifically in the cops. Yep. Yeah, so uh, a lot of love from me for an old person protagonist. Okay. That is not focused on it being an old person. No, no, but also like, he's got like a lot of the stuff, a lot of the like plot turns happen on his like wisdom or intuition. (laughs) Yes, totally. Yeah. No, you need somebody who exudes like life experience or, or whatever. And he's like a charismatic gravitational like force. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like he, I mean, one of the, To me, one of the insanely beautiful saving graces is his relationship and just crazy, uh, chemistry Mm -hmm. with the actor that played, uh, father, father Dyer uh, played by Ed Flanders. Jesus, that relationship is like, they seem like they have been friends forever. Very good. Very believable. Um, so, uh, George C. Scott would go on to be nominated for a golden raspberry for worst actor for this movie, which I can't really see. There are moments where I'm like, whoa, you know, like his the choices kind of startle you. Yeah. But I don't know that this is a worst actor performance. I don't think this is a worst actor performance. I do think that there were some and this this is a thing that I I thought it's like, I don't know if this is a me not remembering the 80s because I mean, yes, this came out in 1990, which means it was shot in the eighties mm-hmm. and like all of the culture li- leading up to it. Like uh, all we have is the eighties. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't remember like people publicly boiling over to, and, and like going from zero to 60, like immediately because and <laughs> lots sure. of characters are just calm, 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 just full voiced, irate screaming <laughs> at each other. And then pull back. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the weird thing is that it felt authentic. Like it there did. Was, there were totally. moments where like, it felt like this isn't what I'm not watching. is I'm not watching like an actor chew through scenery. What I'm watching is like a guy who doesn't know how to deal with his emotions. And he's right. like, holds it and holds it and holds it. And, it bursts out. And then he, he recaptures it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is something that we'll come back to for sure. Um, but it's actually something that I really like about this movie. It, there's a lot of uh, things that startle you. Only because they are things which we don't see a lot in movies. Yes. Um, so uh, moving along through, we've got uh, Jason Miller, uh, who's credited as playing Patient X, um, and also uh, notably Damien uh, right. Karras. Um, did he play in the original? He, yeah, he's okay. from the OG Exorcist. Um, which I actually thought was an interesting, because the way that they play it is, it is a... It took me a bit to figure out if I was seeing it right, <laughs> which I think was actually really effective because what they would do yeah. is they would just in between and in between cuts, they would swap actors yep. for the, the patient X slash, uh, Gemini killer. Right. Um, who is played by, uh, Brad Doroth <sighs> And I, God, that man, like they basically like, you're going to work three days <laughs> and you're just going to do monologues the entire time. So good. I, so Brad Dourif is one of my, like I, he's on a shelf of amazing actors. Um, I came to him through Deadwood because he plays the town doctor in Deadwood. Yeah. Um, I know him from Lord of the Rings and Blue Velvet. Yeah. I've not seen a single thing that he's been in that he hasn't just been insanely good. And he's one of those people that I don't think most people know his name. Right. Right. Sure. You recognize him immediately. Right. But you say like the guy who whispers into the king's ear in Lord of the Rings and everybody was like, oh, that guy's fucking creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. He's great. Um, Super creepy. Um, uh, Of course, the the character of the Gemini killer based on the Zodiac killer. Um, I I assumed. Yeah. you know. (laughs) And the Zodiac Killer is one of several serial killers who enjoyed the original Exorcist movie, and we'll actually talk about this more later. I see. Um, uh, And uh, the other notable uh, casting choice here is Scott Wilson. He plays uh, Dr. Temple. Um, Oh, I didn't recognize him at all. Oh, really? Uh, He's in uh, The Host, which is one of my favorite, like, monster-slash-horror movies. Uh, I'm assuming the... Because they just remade it recently, right? Uh, No, he's in the uh, South Korean one. I see. Yeah. Um, uh, He's also in Last Samurai, Pearl Harbor. Okay, so Um, he's been around and I just didn't... He's around, and uh, in this he plays the doctor who is always smoking. (laughs) So his choices, specifically... Around the... Because, yeah, you're right. He literally always has... He's always smoking, like, literally chain, like, lighting yep. from one from the there The way he holds his cigarettes through the entire thing is freaky as fuck. And the <laughs> totally. way he smokes them is weird. Because it's tiny, like, little tiny puffs every... Yeah. Like... Nobody's doing anything normally. In this Nobody. Movie. And that's the thing. I, I don't know if you notice this, but anybody in the hospital could have swapped like the actors could have swapped characters with most of the people who were in yeah. the, the, the the mental uh, mental illness facility. Yes. And I don't know if I would have noticed behavioral changes. Totally. And I don't I, I'm assuming that semi <laughs> like I couldn't tell. The problem is there are so many things in here. I it's like, is this a statement about something? <laughs> Like, you know, like, is this, is the director making a yeah. statement about right, right, X? Right. right. Um, like for instance, he, here, at, so the, when we meet George C. Scott's character, the, yeah. the uh, what's his, what's his last name? It's Lieutenant uh, uh, Kinderman. Kinderman. When we meet Kinderman, he is kind of railing about another, I'm assuming somebody who's not in the room is racist. Yeah. Right. And then they kind of, he goes home like and like, I think the next scene and his family's in obscenely racist well his mother-in-law is at least well and he jokingly as he leaves that office makes a a, wop joke yes (laughs) but like it seemed like and that's the thing is like i can't tell is he racist is he mocking racists yeah like is he trying to be hyperbolic yeah and saying like you guys get get your shit together. Sure. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty. I, I have. I honestly came and was like, I, so there's three, there's three things. Either he's racist. <laughs> no, there's two things. Okay. Either he's racist and his mother-in-law's racist or his mother-in-law's racist. She is y- yes, across the board. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just like makes anti-Semitic references. Yep. Like bam. Yep. And that's totally. all. Although <laughs> the weird thing is, is there's, there's three things that like define her character. It's uh-huh. that. Yes. The insane story he, that Jersey Scott tells about the carp I in knew- the bathtub. <laughs> totally. <laughs> the carp story is something. It, take any mother-in-law joke or story or, you know, yeah, horror story about how bad your mother-in-law is. This one tops it beats all. <laughs> it's, so- it's not even that bad, but it's weird. And the way that he tells it is fucking it's, great. It's not about her, but you like he, he basically like says, we're doing carp night it's fine. Like that's, he, that's, and that's, I her. like carp. It's a fine fish. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but then he goes on to tell that like, basically the mother-in-law doesn't like, doesn't want it to taste bad, I guess. And so she thinks it needs to be cut, like caught, like fresh uh-huh. rather than like, just get it the day of her. Her point was to get it like several days ahead and put it in the bathtub. Yeah. And he's had it. He's so irritated with her existing yeah. that it, she, he says he has to go home after the fish is asleep. Yes. Because otherwise, he will kill the fish right (laughs) and he has not bathed in several days yes but he like the shot is fucking weird because it's just a long, like soft, like push on the two him and Dyer D- or Father Dyer yep. talking, and they are. I mean, he brings it up, but yeah. they are uncomfortably close, uncomfortably close. And like, it's like they did this for the shot, and then he fucking references it. It's like, yeah, you're you're rather close to me. You can probably <laughs> tell that I haven't I haven't bathed in three days. I'm going insane. Yeah, and it's all. But that's the thing. Is like everything is so really nonchalant, low. simmer. Yep, low, low, totally. low. And you're like. I, yeah, I, I fucking loved that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so well, let's let's get into the storyline a bit here. Um, and uh, so we have to, I mean, it's going to be easy for us because we've not seen it, but this ignores number two entirely. I so see. we've glazed over that. We only have one movie of history to worry about. You know, and uh, this actually does feel more like a book series in that like movie series is... Yeah, that's the correct plural. Uh, like, feel like they have to have a common thread. And I think that's why people right. are frustrated. Like, there's no exorcism in this, or like the exorcism's kind <laughs> of blow. But this does feel like in a book series, what you have is like a continued thread of characters dealing with yep. sort of related things. Absolutely. And I actually think this works really well in that case because it's. It, it feels more book like where like it's the same characters. They have a shared history. So they have this like these woundings where they are rubbing up against things. Yeah. It's just further developing. Right. You're you're you don't you don't need the titular thing in the series doesn't need to happen in every book. Right. It's just the thing that kind of links everybody together. I think this would have done better if they would have just called it Legion. For sure. You know what I mean? And just like, it's the same characters. Yep. You know, and you, you could, in the trailer marketing, you're just like, you know, from the makers of the exorc- yeah. exorcist. <laughs> right. You know, the continued story of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So we are 15 years after the 1975 exorcism because yes. it's taking place now well yes um and uh yeah so we've already talked uh you have dyer and kinderman they're like Mm -hmm. older reminiscing about Karis a bit at the beginning um there's there's also a rajnishi reference in here really early on which i fucking loved i was just like oh shit this is not that long after that damn you know like the the specter of Rajnishiism is still fresh in america's mind (laughs) yeah yes (laughs) yes yes um well and like it's doing that, that very typical horror movie thing where it like shows these like kind of placid, because it starts with a bunch of crew, people doing crew. Yep. You know, and then like, you know, the the crew people get out of the water and are running up the stairs or they're mm-hmm. running past basically the place where the, the, the I'm assuming the final moments of the exorcist happen. Sure. And you see Dr. Doctor, Doctor, uh, Father Dyer looking down the stairs. Yep. Now, does he then start having, is that when he starts not hallucinating? Well, here's the thing. Are they- uh. Are they hallucinations, memories, dreams, like all these slash slashes? or is this the actual, because like they have the boy who's the first kind of murder in this whole thing. Yeah. There's a weird, the, the start of this, I was actually a little bit worried that I was going to be lost because this movie felt like it started four times. Yes. Um, Yeah. And, and each time it was like, you know, because yeah, we actually have like a little bit of development but then there's like this it's interspersed with the like pov of the demon yeah yeah there's this perspective shot of somebody right walking on the street well like yeah, but you've also got the church thing with the Jesus eyes. I love yes, Jesus yes, you, eyes. Uh, so you funny. have the you have the crucifix coming to life, which is Moment. like the eyes like <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> and then like the doors bursting open and like yes, you know, uh, and then you have and you get like <laughs> yep, <laughs> like low growly <laughs> demonic yeah. sounds. Yeah, yeah. So and the perspective shot, and then also yeah, the like dream of falling down a long flight of steps. Is yeah. it a dream? Is that also a perspective shot? All of this is to, like, suggest, I think, (laughs) that someone is committing murders linked to Karis's. Yes. No, and that's the weird thing is, like, the the thing that I felt about this is, like, there were logic jumps all through this entire thing. I made the correct assumptions all the way through. So, like, I guess the the storytelling worked in that way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it was, it was, like okay, I just saw his body and then I'm seeing this murder. So I assume that they're linked somehow. It goes real close to falling off the rails, but it never quite does. No. And, and no, it's really like, like uh, for the most part, this does not play as a horror movie to me. It plays almost like a procedural sort of thing yes. where you're trying to figure out and Ooh. like, it's, it's unsettling for sure the entire time, but in the way that I like good murder mysteries, yeah, I did feel where scared. It's like, all of these people have something going on and something to hide. Yes. I, I, I don't know what's going on, but everybody is terrifying to me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And part of that too is like, you know, with 2021 eyes, like we've twisted the twists on top of the twists, yeah. And so yeah, like yeah. at this point it's like George C. Scott could be the murderer for all I know. And of you know, course. like, and so, which maybe that's, that's where we're at now is we can start ar- yeah. doing like, like original endings because we're like, we assume that we don't know who the fuck anybody is. So it's going to be, we're going to be surprised no matter who it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, because he, he's, everybody's just a little off. Totally. Um, well, except for George C. Scott and Dyer, like that fucking, like, I love, I love when they go to the movie theater. Mm -hmm. Like, also, I love that they're using each other as an excuse. Mm -hmm. Like, you can tell that they both need it for themselves, but they keep the other person's like, "Yeah, yeah, I gotta go comfort this guy." Right? He needs. It's like, and they're like, they're like (laughs) complaining about it to their friends and family, but then they're like, "What happened?" and, And it and in in developing this relationship, like this idea that. Two grown men do need an excuse to go to a movie together. Right. You know, it's not just like, oh, my friend and I want to go see a movie together. Right. It's we do this every year. It, it's my one time a year. I got to do it, but I got to do it for this guy. Right, yeah. I he don't gets, need it. Yeah. Like, he gets a little depressed <laughs> and he need to do it for him. <laughs> yeah. And then, but I love the moment when they walk into the theater and like the priest starts like goes to pay and, and Jersey Scott, like just puts his badge yeah. on the like ticket counter. Mm-hmm. And it's such a, just, then just walks through. And did you see Dyer afterwards? No, he looks up and apologizes to God. Oh, it's so good. like he rolls his eyes and apologizes for like for his friend, man, we got to get ourselves a badge so we can stroll into these movies. Apparently uh, it's there. And there's just tons of these little tiny yeah things. There's a lot of that. Um, and, uh, a lot throughout this entire film a lot of the interactions are happening real quick yeah. and and um relationships are being like built up on really really fast yes it's really really quippy there's a lot of jokes like intentional jokes yes that kind of throw you if you're expecting like to be scared at any minute right you know like and not in like the corny horror movie way just like Guys telling jokes, right? It's just it's it's people at their job doing their job, yeah. And but then like you also like sometimes just relieving tension because like right. they are most of the time we're dealing with people like finding a very gruesome murder, right? Um, and so speaking of murders, uh, they begin, right? Um, Although and this is like talking about like so you know how you're saying like it never goes off the rails, what it feels like is just chunks of the of the railroad are gone and the, yeah. the, the train just keeps going, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you're missing for like, for instance, it took me a long time to realize that the first murder was the teenage uh, black boy from right the, from the montage. Right. Who, like is care- weirdly carrying a, a rose, rose yeah. which I know is like a theme, but they keep referencing it that they had a dream about it. So it's like, I don't know what's real, but then yeah. like, when they go to show the murder, yep. it's just a body under a sheet on the waterfront. Right. And the body is not really shorter than a like an adult, so I I had no idea until later when they referenced that the first murder was this boy. Yeah, I think that it is mentioned in the office, like kind of offhandedly. Okay, um, but yeah, Kinderman is basically called to find the body of this black youth. Yeah, um, who is and, and then he knows him because he was like a some sort of like youth police yeah like community Big service brother thing. situation yeah. um they, they represent like oh, a single line and it was it was one of those like oh, okay i get what that is yeah um and uh but you know it's cop shit so you know it's like gruesome and whatever but it's not really like we we kind of move on kind of quickly right. from the first one but there's also like a lot of really nice moments here where like kinderman checks for the signs yeah 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 from the Yeah. You can tell he's still got like some baggage, right? (laughs) But like, it's like, you can tell he always does this. And then like, you can see in his face, but they're, they're not noticed. They like, it's only like three quarters away from the, well, it's like halfway through the movie where they actually, actually explains what he's looking for. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But like you can, you start picking up that he's got something that he's looking for and he's finding it and he's not happy that he's finding it. Right. Um, so, uh, the next murder um, is right. a priest. Right. Um, uh, and this one is, you know, mostly seen, uh, you know, it's, it's vaguely on camera more than the, yes, l- the, the previous the one. The weird thing about it though, is you, again, like rail, like railroad track missing, you see the woman who you assume murdered him. <laughs> yeah. And you see her afterwards. Right. You don't see her ever entering the the confessional nope. and you, you hear a voice that you assume is hers right yeah yeah totally um and it's all done through the confessional which is spooky as shit anyway it's only you his get, side you get, the, you get the the i mean we, we're already you know we're 15 minutes in and you're already flush with the spooky catholic yeah, yeah, yeah. iconography um yeah so uh only shot from his side you can see like him like starting to like freak out and like question who you know like right because she's like she sounds like she's just like way 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 over like she the way she starts is like i you know if i see two sticks crossed i feel bad about it or like yeah yeah and he's he's very much like it's all right you know like we're gonna get through this whatever and she's just like, like you know i fucking slit this person's throat you know or just right but like, it's but like but she's like super chill about it. it's like yeah. you know I, I slit her throat and i feel bad about it and like and he's just like and he's just starting like, wait, to what? yeah yeah um and then like bam something happens you get the scream and you get pool of blood the blood slowly yeah, yeah. eking across the floor yep um it is surprisingly not very gory no like, um you get lots of like blood creeping out of stuff but it's not ever and and like he'll hold he pulled up somebody's hand once to show that a a finger has been cut off right and that's about well again like you it's not zoomed in or anything you know it's like a wide you know like lots of wide shots yeah lots of wide shots in this also, lots of like single locked off montage shots to like to, to establish where they are. Mm-hmm. Like they'll, every time they go to a church, it'll be like, you know, close up of a candle, close up of like yeah. a stained glass window, close up of a crucifix, yep. close up of like the Bibles in the back of the pews. Yeah. And then the scene will continue. Yeah. But every single place they go. It's like that sort of uh, this is the like tchotchkes of an area, you know, <laughs> Yeah, totally. Tchotchke vision. Yeah. <laughs> but like and I, I think to me, that's a, a I associate that with a very early 90s, late 80s. Filmmaking trope, sure. So I'm like, I'm assuming this just like cinematographer. Like, I'm assuming this is a director who doesn't have a visual aesthetic, right? He had a like character aesthetic. And he's probably used to describing locations and those things, right. so he's just going to show you those things, right? And then, like, so the, the I think this is a cinematographer going like, "All right, this is how I'd shoot it." Yeah, and right. Um, so when this priest is murdered, we start to get the like semblance of procedural stuff. Yep, um, we have the. <laughs> Kind of thought that this was funny. The recreation of a oh, the, confessional yeah. booth in the precinct or something. Yes, like, like they, they you built needed it to do this, and they, <laughs> if you can tell that it's like they built it because it's brand new wood. And like it's, it's like you they purposefully made it so it would be like no, you, they rebuilt it. Yeah, 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 so that you could like so we could figure out who could how you could open or close this discreetly right. or And whatever. it was funny because he kept like, it's like, no, the way he get it is they reached in and like, and there he's like, like demonstrating on the, which it was one of those things that like, this is a great for a visual tool. Yes. No one thought through <laughs> how this would like, like, why were the cops? Also I have to, it's like, there's the one cop, uh, who's got the, he's always wearing the like giant glasses. Yep. And like, he like does not fucking move. He like no. single word answers in everything. Yep. But he's almost always wearing these like dark tinted glasses. Yep. And he just looks like he's high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, he's just For like sure. stoned the entire movie. Yep. Totally. Um. <laughs> So, uh, uh, Kinderman basically shows these two guys like, look, this is how it would happen. Which also, aren't they detectives? Right. Like they've been staring <laughs> at this door for a really long time now. Now, how exactly would somebody how, open and like, close how this? How would you close this from the outside? It's, yeah. it's like, because like, I remember like at that, when they're dusting for prints are like, uh, like he says, like like do the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy's like, well, it would save like save money if we didn't like do like do the priest side of things. It's like, why would you not check? Right. And if you're worried about saving money, why are you building a replica confessionally? <laughs> yeah. 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 I just love it. And, and like, the, like Kinderman's like, no, you gotta check because you like maybe we'll find something yeah, on, the, yeah, on yeah. the priest side. Which also was like, I feel like that like no one should be having to tell these cops how to do their job at this point in their careers right uh well i have uh been a part i have been the victim in an investigation myself wherein a person With confessional no <laughs> where a a cop was dusting for prints on an object while holding the object and twirling it in their bare <laughs> fingers <laughs> <laughs> so so when it comes to getting prints off of anything i'm always like i don't know you guys wow like, yeah i really hope that they they had to arrest him for, for like and release he just him for takes lack of himself evidence. away he's oh, like oh i did it <laughs> shit <Yeah. laughs> i've been having a lot of these recently i'm <laughs> racking them up <laughs> it's like it's like harry listen like <laughs> you keep popping on all he's like i needs to come talk to you because man like every single investigation you are a suspect <laughs> <laughs> just- um so uh the The interesting finding here is that the fingerprints um, don't match between the cases. Right. Um, despite the uh, killings being very similar. And, but we don't know yet. We don't know yet how similar they are right. exactly, but it indicates that a different person was responsible for each murder. Right. So plot thickens. Yep. Police aren't happy about this. No. Okay, so... We are now shortly entering into more weird dream shit, right? Um, including a uh, heaven uh, dreamscape. I have thoughts about this. Well, so, and we have already seen at the diner, there's a Larry King cameo. Yeah. Just real random, real short. And it's no lines. Like, it's just like, you'd there, miss it too. is that Larry he's King like, eating? Right. Maybe. Okay, it's out. It's it, like it's in one of those establishing shots like welcome to the diner or yeah. and it's it's almost like a supper club like it's a li- uh, high-end Sure. What, yeah, doesn't yeah. does not fucking yeah. matter? But it's like uh you know it's a nice diner. Well, Larry King is there. Larry King is just there. Yep. And I assume he must have known the the author? Presumably. Every cuz there's Yeah. Um, so, but so then we get Heaven wherein we got cameos a plenty. Yes. We've got cameos, but we also I think it was shot in the Duomo. <laughs> is that true? I, I mean, don't know where it was shot. Right, right, but right. Like, it's a fucking <laughs> yeah. giant cathedral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That does not look like America, right? Um, So, and it's like a, it's like purgatory. Like, I assume this is the. It's the like as people are waiting to get into heaven. Yeah, I don't know. And so <laughs> we find out that all of these people have died. Yeah. Fabio. Well, no, Fabio is an angel, but he's dead, presumably. No, right? He's an angel. Well, so. This might be a difference of uh, cath- Catholic. Oh, I don't here know how we to, go. Well, I don't, this is the thing, like. Oh, you are think ca- that Fabio is, is an, an angel. angel on earth as he is in heaven? Uh, I don't think Fabio is Fabio. I think Fabio is an angel. Okay. So like, I see. All So like we're the- not seeing a Fabio cameo. Correct. This is Fabio playing angel, an angel. number three. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yes, but it is Fabio. Because that was funny. It's like, I saw that this like incredible Fabio looking person. I was like looks like Fabio. Okay. Got it. Got it. <laughs> and then like find out later. Oh no, that's Fabio. Uh, yeah. But like, first of all, the prosthetics on the, the wings. Yeah. Stellar. Totally. Some of the best work I've seen, like, I mean, and granted they, they played to the strengths. They didn't move. They just like stood right. still. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like they looked like giant ass wings. Yep. That like would like fly this person. Yep. They didn't look janky necessarily. Like they're kind of bulky. I will also say like the Frankenstein's monster style, like bolts. Not it. bolts, but stitches. like yeah, 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 Through all the necks. Cause you meet the the kid who was killed early. Right. And he comes up to the guy like, and like holds his hand. You can tell that there's like camaraderie and friendship between like Kinderman and yeah, yeah. the kid. And he's dreaming at this point. Yes. Um, and who else do you see? He sees uh, oh, the, the, the priest who's he, there who right. died in the confessional. Right. And, and sorry, you were talking about cameos. Go ahead and keep going to the cameos. Uh, so, uh, well, I'm interested. So Samuel Jackson, Samuel Jackson, real briefly. Yeah. Again, just like, but also like but Samuel, <laughs> had he even done anything yet? Um, so visually I was immediately like, oh, do the right thing era. Samuel Jackson. Mm, mm-hmm. So this was right around then. That's right. I, I, for, I for some reason i I forget that he was in Do the Right Thing because he's yeah, the yeah. DJ. Yeah, and I don't know why, but like, but the thing is, like, the way he's treated, and it, like, when when is Die Hard? Die Hard Two. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in Die Hard Two. Yeah, yeah. And that's would have been right around there too. Yeah. In my brain, like, in so it's crazy. Like in the Do the Right Thing, it feels like he's this massive entity mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. But I also like I came right, back right, to right. it later in life. Yeah. And so I think I. It feels like Samuel Jackson, like, arrived in Los Angeles and just everyone's <laughs> like, have you met this guy? Which, maybe that's what happened. Sure. But, like, I also kind of think of... If as, you're shooting a scene in heaven, make sure that he's sitting there. Right, right. <laughs> but I, I keep thinking, like, Pulp Fiction is, to me, what, like, yeah, yeah, blew yeah. him up to be, like, right. Samuel L. But, I mean, maybe Do the Right Thing was... But he always... It, the chronology doesn't make sense to me. This like, it feels like he did Pulp Fiction in the future, became <laughs> famous, and then went back and did do the right thing, like based on the prestige of, yeah, of that role. Right. But I don't think that's what happened, clearly. Well, time traveling like us. Hey, <laughs> uh, there's another cameo. Who am I missing? Patrick Ewing. Right. Yeah. Just like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, So, and, and I want to, the cameos, and this kind of goes with like the quippy jokey thing throughout here. There's a lot of like pop culture and movie references. Like I'm sure that I didn't get a lot of the movie references that they made. George C. Scott kept saying sons of bitches, like he doesn't patent, like, but in the same cadence as patent, Uh huh. which is, there's that there's, um, at one point by now, Dyer's in the hospital. We should have mentioned, um, like, like. And I guess like this is another like piece of the, it was one of those pieces of things like why is he in the hospital? And he's like, no, we're just doing some tests. Yeah. But, like it, it almost doesn't trigger as a plot point aside from the fact that it is very essential to know that he's in the hospital. Right. and But I also like his friend like like Kinderman shows up with like flowers and a like a stuffed penguin. Right. But then like they they bullshit it away like they yep. pretend like it's no big deal. But right. you can tell like this fucking matters to both of them. Yes. Like. You know, it's like well, I just found it on the side of the road, yep, and it reminded me of you. No, you went out and bought a goddamn <laughs> penguin, <laughs> right? Yes, totally. Um, so uh, uh, but so Dyer, when he's in the hospital, he says, "May the shorts be with you." Right. Uh, so we got a weird spaceballs reference. Yes, there's, I forgot about that. At one yes. Point later. Um, but they met, they the, mentioned child's play, and then they cut the, to the, the kid, the that, looks kid like that looks like Chucky. Yes. Um, there's tons of those little weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so which I actually appreciate like it it was and it and it doesn't like necessarily take you out. no, but it also like firmly puts us where, where we are in time. Like the references and stuff are massive references still to us. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I still know the name Patrick Ewing. (laughs) Right. Yeah, of course. Why, why do I though? Right. (laughs) Um, and so as is, uh, basically told to us in this dream, The next murder victim is Dyer, right? Because he basically like turns around and Dyer's there, but with the same head stitches as the Frankenstein monster shit, right? And it is very that I will say that's the weirdest piece of it because it looks like uh, you know those like uh, metal tabs you get with Ace bandages, (laughs) yeah, totally. That's what it looks like. Is like several of them around the neck. Well, I've never had to put on a head before. Maybe that's very effective. It just, it was a weird thing. Like, it feels- we do learn later how to take one off. Yes. <laughs> Definitively. <laughs> um, so, uh, the next murder is dire. Um, uh, and this is about when uh, Kinderman starts revealing to, like, the doctor and two of the other well, cops. So, that, I want to talk about that scene. Yeah. Because it's, like this is one of those where it's like, was, it just socially acceptable in at work to scream at people. Yeah. In the yeah. 80s for because sure. Because like basically he comes to the hospital. He sees, uh-huh. he goes through the whole thing. They find the, 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 the like the blood's been drained from dire completely mm-hmm. into all of these uh, urine cups, yep. urine sample cups. Um, like they're all stacked up neatly mm-hmm. except for the hand, the little bit that was written on the wall. where he says, it's a wonderful life with, with two, two L's, L's. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is funny because I remember clocking it and going like, there's only one L in that, right? And then, I, then I question my own spelling ability. Uh, Wait, am I the Gemini killer? Right. Yeah. Uh, but then, also, it's a Wonderful Life is the movie that they watch together. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. should have said, but uh, but also, there's an amazing moment with that with that the Shades cop because mm-hmm. he's just like, you know, like yes, it's like what writing, and then there's like two hours before he goes that writing or whatever yeah, totally. it is like it's so and you're the cameras perched up in the corner of right. the room so you know there's a like black tarp over where you know for sure the writing is yes. you know you're like something is back there that's right. horrifying but goddamn they they, dra- it's like i it was some choice but like they so they cut to uh well i think he gives orders first like he says like like shut basically shut down the hospital yeah yeah uh like nobody in, nobody out and then it cuts to i presume the administrator of the hospital Right. I presume. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, so George C. Scott, like leaning up against a file cabinet Uh being like from two feet away, screamed at, like, just like you can't do this. You like, this is like, like you need a warrant. you like, and he's just like going off in his face. And George C. Scott is just taking it. Like, just like he's looking like weary Mm -hmm. and just, and, and two other detectives just standing there watching this guy (laughs) scream at him till George C. Scott just finally just erupts. Yeah, yeah, and this is part of that like calm, cool, and collected to no, I'm not yelling at the top of my lungs. Yes, back down To to nothing explaining very calmly the the internal information that they had about the Gemini killer at the time and how it matches Which was a little reductive. Like, I was like, I do like, it's like, it wasn't that hand, it was this hand, and it wasn't this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of the palms on the back. Right. It wasn't on the back. You know, like, things like that was a little like. But here's also where, like, so, I mean, his good friend has just died. Right. And um, one of the things that I really appreciated in this weird, almost unnatural-seeming outburst is that the man has not, Cried necessarily because out of sadness for his friend's death. Right. But in his rage, he like starts crying yeah. because he's so angry and other shit has happened. George C. Scott life. is a great actor. It's really well it's, done. Like, it's one of those things where, like, it's in the middle of a long monologue where it's a. Pr- like, I don't. Th- just because like most of this thing happens and like they just let the actors work in these long takes. Yeah. Like I think he just starts crying in the middle of this model. Like that's not an easy like craft thing to do. No, no, no. And, and yeah. So everybody else is just, you know, equally kind of like, Uh, right. uh, Y'all see that? It feels real. Yeah. Like that's, I I think what this movie does insanely well is all of the emotions feel authentic from, from everybody. Authentic, despite being things that you're not shown very often. No. And and it might just be because it's difficult to pull off, but you know, like, yeah, those, those emotional outbursts come very naturally seeming. Yeah. And they ring as authentic. Yeah. Um, so the yeah, so the murders fit the MO of the Gemini killer who was supposedly executed. Right. They, mur- they uh, 15 sorry, murdered 15 years earlier. They executed him by electric by the electric chair. Right. Um and Which everybody keeps pointing out. Like he's dead. He's gone. <laughs> right. It can't be him. Yeah. And which I know is the case. Yeah. I was also a little bit like for the for the sake of the movies like you've you've mentioned this. You can you can yes. stop reminding us totally. that he's been murdered or he's been put to death. Yeah. Um by this point we've also met um the that's my heat. Ah, we're good. Uh, at this point, we have um, been introduced to the smoking doctor temple. Um, and we've been introduced already to the psych ward. Yes. Um, not the lockdown portion of psych ward. I fucking ward, love the, the flashing guy. But, uh, wow. <laughs> In the, like, extremely <laughs> powerful motorized wheelchair. Yeah. So this guy is like, he screeches into frame and he stops on a dime and he like turns and screeches somewhere else, stops on a dime. He, ter- he like looks over like, he's just like Hawkeyes and like locks on this desk, screeches over to this w- like a nurse, nurse think, yeah. like sitting at the desk doing notes and he like screeches and then just like takes a beat and then like pulls his robe cr- uh, open. And she just goes, Ugh. yeah. She just does the like, I <laughs> <eye, laughs> sigh, eye roll thing. So, and it was like such an unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. I don't know how to feel about the mental, like the, the, the depiction of mental illness in this whole thing because it Sh- felt, of course, sure. It, I, I guess we just have to do, like, it was another time, you know. Well, stamped. they're doing electroshock therapy on people. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There's just a lot of, like, uh, right. It, what we don't know is scary. Yeah. Um, uh, and oh, so I guess, I guess we have been introduced to at least the idea of the like lockdown portion. He gets an explanation of how it opens and closes. Oh, the, of the, 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 uh, of the like a lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. The mentally disturbed unit. Um, and it's like intense cause it's, there's a, there's right. a airlock between two doors. Like you basically, they punch Even in Even if you have a code, you can't get out unless the, you know, nurse or whoever is in the other control station. Right. Which is also behind Activate plate a glass. Yeah, so like yeah. It's a control station, plate glass, the hallway yeah. to the door. And the, the nurse punches in the code to open up the door. Initially you go inside, you're, you're like, uh, out exterior door closes, interior door, then will open after they, you know, approve of you essentially. Yeah. And the reverse is the same true. So like, or same as well, like they see you and visually confirmed it. So basically the idea is like no mentally disturbed patient can get out. Right. That's the idea. Um, and he's like interacted very, very briefly I uh, not even interacted. Like there's there's that like weird whisper the, thing with Karis. name, Yeah, just name his, Just his name. Names. And then Bow. you see him like talking to the doctor or whatever outside. You never they yeah. don't the two of them don't actually interact. Right. Um but, but after, you also are like it's also it feels very heavily like Way quick nudge nudge. Oh, that's the For sure. That's the where we're going. Yes. Um so after the murder, uh, Kinderman visits Temple uh, again in his office. Which Oh, is this the scene when he's uh, like, yeah, like uh, prepping? Yeah, yeah. The doctor's office, by the way. Oh, fucking like I was positive when this is also no, one the of the false th- where it was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, this guy. Right. Because he he's killed, like and he's got a script that he's repeating over and over like he's going to nail this, but he's like, he's basically there's weird shit on the wall. The script is basically setting up the one uh, uh, mentally disturbed patient that like Called his name out. Like they right. basically say it like, and it's a script of like about five, you no, know, three weeks ago. He did this, and the, and like it's it's like laying out this very obvious breadcrumb trail. Like this yeah. is the where you need to be looking into. Yeah, and so, but then like meanwhile oh, it's panning around to the like news He's like a cabal with or, uh, like pastiche monster arms and hands. They're like weird sayings. A giant black and white picture of himself. There, yes, a a. <laughs> a woman's like a bikini clad woman with just her yes. like between her boobs and her like uh <laughs> groin showing but then all over like where her head would be is like other like in, yeah. but a six pointed like everything is like, there's a Kabbalah. Like, uh-huh. uh, we've got the Hanging Man tarot thing, a giant. You know, which is we also see in heaven. Yes, the like tarot reading in heaven, it's which just, I thought was funny. Right. Uh, I it's like, hangman, 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 hangman. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you're given this. You know, if we're in the police, this is a murderer's house. This is a murderer's like, office. Yes. <laughs> and certainly not a doctor's office. No. If you not, went and saw this man, no. No, and he's be already like, fucking been fucking weird yeah. like he's already doing the weird chain smoking thing the weird puff 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 thing right uh he also has the giant stack of newspapers yeah which he explains away <laughs> by going I, I haven't gotten to them yet i, I like to read the, the the science articles yeah they're good what's <laughs> <laughs> like i i'm assuming that, that uh that Beatty. Beatty? what's the director's name i think it's Beatty bladdy bladdy yeah but he's just like all right uh dr temple uh be fucking weird that's your those are your notes and he was like got it and (laughs) nailed it totally um. So. Uh. So he he relates th- this scripted history. Right. But of, I, I do of like his patient. He puts it in a drawer <laughs> and refers and to ref- it, and like glances to it a couple times after he gets through the first little bit. Yeah. So good. Um. So the the script says that this guy was found, uh, like wandering aimlessly 15 years ago with amnesia, couldn't remember. He was locked up and catatonic. Um. But until recently- he became violent and uh, started claiming to be the Gemini killer. Right. Which was like, like I found you here is, here's is the box perfectly wrapped. Here's your murderer. Yes, totally. And, and George C. Scott just kind of goes, okay. All right. <laughs> Take me to him. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So Kinderman now gets to meet his old friend, Karis, basically. Right. Um, and this is when that form changing starts to right. happen, which, which yes, starts to throw you off. I was, I had actually like looked down to take a note yes, and then I looked up and I was like, wait a minute. Is it the same person? <laughs> right. Well, and I didn't. And it's, I had the exact same reaction. It's like, oh, they switched to Brad Dorff. Yeah. Well, that was funny. Cause when he first saw it, like when they first was like, is that Brad Dorff? That doesn't look uh-huh. like him. Right. Right. Um, But the the other guy, too, has, like, a pretty expressive face. Like, he's obviously more shut down in the form than when the Gemini Killer is, like, more animated and vicious. Yes. But- the other guy is like acting pretty effectively weird. Yes. You know, like the way that he says things, his, his, his facial expressions were chilling to me. Yeah. 100%. Um, <laughs> um so yeah, his form changes into the Gemini killer. And then Brad Dorf like just chewed the scenery <laughs> to shreds. Yeah. Um he expresses ignorance of Karis at first. Right. Um while also boasting about killing Friar. Yep. Uh sorry. Uh Dyer. Dyer, yes. Yeah, yeah. I was, say, I was with you. I was like <laughs> that's not quite right. Um and then we get to lead into what I think is like the most stunning scene in this entire film. Okay? Which I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying to remember what happens next. Which is this hallway scene. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, when was the last? Like, I don't I cannot think of another time when they basically did an entire shot or a s- entire like horror movie scene in one shot like this. Yeah. There's a couple of cutaways. Yeah. 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 But like, well, there's there's one cutaway. We haven't we have the hallway that ends in a nurse's station with, you know, like two hospital rooms on either side of the yep. hallway. And you're like, let's say 30 feet away from the wall. A good, a good stretch. You can't really, you don't know who it is, but you can tell that there's kind of a guard and there's kind of a nurse. And there's like, it starts with another guard in there with them who walks towards past you, which like, like it's a great, and this is one of the things like, I don't remember where like horror tropes come in Mm -hmm. to like time wise Mm -hmm. because every fucking thing was a triggering like, Oh, that's where it's going to happen. Oh, that Nope. Didn't happen. That's when it's gonna happen. Oh, it didn't happen. Like totally. I'm, I'm expecting every fucking time I'm expecting like when the, like when the security guard walks past, Yep, I was expecting something to happen to him. Like, yep. and like, uh like the the security guard leaves and i'm expecting something to happen to the nurse yep it happens to the nurse the security guard changes that with another security guard and you're like oh yeah. something's gonna happen to them nope nope um and uh we are also like thrown for like basically the film's only jump scare which is not the actual scary moment no! there's, there's sounds happening the nurse hears them and goes it's, to it's check a, one of the it's rooms some it's sort sort like, a like crinkling yeah like cracking yeah um, it's like, kind of unnatural she goes to what appears to be an empty room problem being she should know who is in these rooms yes um and uh it, it we are we are shown just like from the doorway that it appears to be empty except for there's a glass um just with a lot of ice in it yes which she had to have just delivered yeah. uh, <laughs> and maybe the, insu- the assumption is that she just came on duty and hadn't gotten to the sure like, i'm assuming that's what but yeah, you're with her when it was like, like, why is there a glass in there? Why is there ice in the glass uh-huh. in there in an empty room? And that's, and, and that's, I'm just going, oh, the murderer is in there trying to get her to come in. Like that's <laughs> right, exactly, yes. And he's got a dry throat, right? Um, uh, and so the, the noise is coming foreseeably from this cup um and then you get the first like jump scare of the thing where there's a man laying in the hospital Wakes and it's up. just like what the fuck What the <laughs> fuck are you doing like literally like he's like, he. you scared him because you woke him up in the middle of the night yeah. yeah definitely as it like you know that something is coming this scare absolutely got me <laughs> i jumped <laughs> and i was like i was so enjoying a horror i so i don't I, I watch an okay amount of horror movies. Yeah. I specifically do not like, I don't enjoy that feeling. Yeah. I I, I don't like just getting jump scared. Yeah. Um, but I did. Yeah. Uh, I, well, in that moment, it, it, like really it's kind of the only jump scare. It's really the only one. Um, so And, 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 and act- a well-earned one <laughs> yeah, because like totally. it turns out to be something completely benign, Innocuous. completely explainable. And as soon as it happens, you're like, I see the, the train that got us here. God damn it. Right. <laughs> and so, and she does too kind of, right. and she apologizes and goes back but and the she's, noise is, flustered, but, she's flustered, but, like, but more of like a, uh, but then you're plopped right back into the hallway yep. scene and you're like, shit, this isn't over yet. <laughs> right. And so she goes back to the station and like when she, cause she goes basically behind the station to the office where you can't see. Yeah. And, it comes, and it's like, that was it. And then she goes back out and like, I don't know when she's going to (laughs) die. Yeah. The guard that left comes back and sits down. So you're like, Oh good. Somebody else is here. Nothing bad can happen. Right. And while that, like it takes so long that another guard comes and change, like waves him away. Yeah. And then you're like, God damn it. Something is going to happen. Right. (laughs) And then, and then the, there's a noise in the room where The like adjoining room. Yeah. Yeah. Died. Yeah. And so, and she goes to check it out and you're like, well, this is it. Mm -hmm. And she goes in there, flips the light on. Doesn't seem to be anything. Nothing turns around and starts walking back to the nurses' station and fuck me, like three steps behind her, the person with the scissors just comes like beelining at her and they, yes. like, they meet basically right where the, you can't see and behind the wall. And they're wearing like uh, like a white hazmat suit or a almost. Nun- I was thinking it was something? like a nun, like okay, a habit, one yeah, of those like yeah, flowing yeah. habits. Right. But maybe it was a nurse's costume. I'm not sure. Yeah. But they do seem like veiled yes. almost, you know? Yes. And, but like, you with, know, it's like flowing behind with them. With those chrome as they, gardens. They, Jesus. Fuck me. <laughs> I was like, it hit me so hard. I didn't get scared so much as just like, oh, there it goes. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's, it's a great shot. And like, I, this is just one of those shots that I feel like uh, you mentioned this when we talked about the last picture show, like you wouldn't necessarily like recommend that everybody runs and watches this movie right now. Right. But like that shot should be shown to film students. And maybe that's because I I remember reading in the file that it said that like a lot of people said that this is like a quintessential horror movie and I was actually going to like really Mm -hmm. because I don't think like overall this isn't a good movie right I think it's got a lot of plot holes it's got you know like it falls apart in many places I think it's it but like you're right that scene specifically nailed it yeah um so the nurse is murdered right (laughs) um and which at uh, this point the hospital is pretty much okay with them doing whatever i guess sure but the wheels are now falling off because temple also commits suicide right (laughs) um and right because they're they're barely getting into her murder like basically he shows up is looking at her body and the nurse is like screaming at him yeah which also that relationship with him and the nurse super weird super fucking weird yeah starts out like really painful and uh, like she's like real pissy with him about like what why are you questioning me like, right in the very very beginning when dyer's killed yes and then it it leans into like a weird like endearing Crumudging, relationship yeah, endearing <laughs> yeah there's up to up to and including spraying back teen on his wound for him right after he beat a patient <laughs> yeah a mentally disabled patient <laughs> yeah um so then we get another uh kinderman I say, he it's kinderman caris that like basically yes yes uh gemini killer like pushes him and basically says i enjoyed killing your friend and whatever and, right uh, or no we're i'm never letting him i'm going to like torment him forever that's what it was yep and so he backhands him <laughs> yep um so we get another kinderman and caris slash gemini killer scene um, which is of which like now we're basically like in the back half of this movie that's really the bulk of things it's and literally i don't know how to explain like, it's it's basically george c scott Sitting or standing <laughs> against a wall, just reacting to Brad Dorfth talking for yeah ten minutes. it's not a conversation, no, it's a monologue, <laughs> and him just like like absorbing <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah um and uh take home points here are that um gemini killer explains that he's being aided by a master yeah the master Um, which i'm assuming is satan yeah and and that's yeah like clearly the main antagonist like the main antagonist is not the gemini killer in an exorcist movie it's the thing that is is perpetuating all this, yeah. and like, and basically, the Gemini Killer was is is alluding to. I don't know if you remember this, like the the pigs, the Legion, we were Legion, Thrown into the pigs, going off. The Jesus uh, cast the pig into the ocean. That that's Legion KJV shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and basically, that Legion was floating out in the ether. I see. And when Karis is dying, right, um, basically throws Legion into the body. Uh huh. But Karis kind of gets like sucked it back in with him, and so it's like. Uh, all of these right you now demon demonic souls trapped in this one body. Yeah. Along with Karis. Who's kind of floating around in the mix. Yeah. Um, so the master, yeah. Uh, was, uh, furious at being exercised by Karis. Right. F- from the first film. Right. Um, and he's exacting his revenge by using Karis's body as a conduit for the Gemini killers spree. Great. um, uh, and oh and the soul of the gemini killer leaves the body of karis each evening and possesses other patients yeah. elsewhere in the hospital. Catatonic ones are easier because they basically are no one's home right uh there's also uh the the gemini killer is demanding that uh uh, Kinderman tell the the press that, that right, right, like, right. he's basically wanting notoriety. He's like, just tell the fucking people and that's what he's demanding or I'll keep, I'll make your life. Miserable. And, and it's revealed now that he's the one who like forced temple to get them into contact. Like he's the one who provided that script right. to temple. Yeah. It's like you start realizing realize it's such a simple, it's, it's not a complex thing. Right. It's basically, he's like, no, I got him to just i wanted to meet you. I wanted to like get the schedule going <laughs> yeah. and he wasn 't going fast enough so yep um, and so the the nugget here about. <clears throat> um uh yeah the catatonic being easily possessed right he's also uh, been dropping tons of hints about dancing which is yep. like ties back to his daughter doing it like being a like into dancing so like there's a lot of these like yep. swirling things going um and so yes now he has possessed an old woman yep that he's sending to the kinderman household right um and <laughs> <laughs> this scene is pretty wild as well the whole fucking thing is nuts because like the way they set it up is crazy too because like you get your like cop chase scene in here um go ahead well like it starts with him calling and and like he's calling his house right and then his wife answers yes and is having a conversation and then at the end of the conversation it cuts back to him and he's getting a busy signal signal, and it was like oh fuck she wasn't (laughs) talking to him yeah because like and you keep getting these things where you think that that like they've stopped the so evil. many times where there's like a little bit of relief of yeah. like, Oh good. And then immediately flooded with, Oh fuck. No, it's not. Yeah. So he like busts out to this cop, <laughs> this beat cop. Who's like in a car. He's like, take me home. Yeah. 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 And then like, has one, the, one step shy of like, I'm a cop. I'm commandeering your vehicle. It, it is. It is both one sh- step shy of that, but also like the most street legal car, like cop <laughs> driving thing I've maybe ever seen. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. They accurately like, like they don't crash in anything. They just like, there's moments when there's lots of like backing up around traffic and just like, ah, shit. And (laughs) it adds a lot of like danger. Yeah. Because you're like, fuck, he's not going to make it in time because you know there's traffic and the possessed old woman is not moving quickly. She's in a cab cab. and they keep cutting back. But you also have no points of reference to know like how how far behind (laughs) she is. Yeah. And then like, You get there and like they get out of the car and and the beat cop is like, and he's like, you go around back Mm -hmm. and he pulls out his gun and it like begins to like knock on the door and the daughter and the daughter opens the door. Oh, hey, dad. And like immediately walks away. She doesn't she she doesn't even like she basically glances face and doesn't see he's like holding his gun. And he's got the like relieved kind of like, Jesus Christ, I must be really insane, whatever. He sees his wife. He sees his mother-in-law and then they say like, 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 what's wrong with that uh, nurse? And then it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and it pans to her sitting at the table, and she says something like "help me" or something. Yeah, it's like it's like it's time to go home or time to for right. So it's like, and you're like, oh, it's a the catatonic patient, and you're like, at this point, I go, oh, it's Gemini just fucking with him, right? Like he's just like, see, I can get to you any play, any at any time, right? And and you're relieved by this point because you have somebody in the room who knows what's supposed right. supposedly happening. A cop outside with a gun and like the bad guy quote unquote is outnumbered right you know like there's there's enough people here to manage this like old woman right and then the the beat cop comes in like (laughs) basically like doesn't quite kick down the door but like goes in quickly and is like stand down go ahead go back to the car yeah and dismisses him yeah and then and then the lady the, the daughter sits down at the table yep and she is she has this bag with her this whole time the nurse right. and she like unzips it and reaches down and you see this the the giant fucking head snippers which we, we kind of skipped over that scene but it's essentially it, it was, was like a, a mortuary yeah device and it's, and it's like giant it's a giant pair of scissors essentially that are spring loaded in reverse so you basically have to force them open but as soon as you let go they snap with enough tension to actually like cut through the spine right um, and apparently the ones <laughs> in the morgue they are it's a brand new set there <laughs> (laughs) and the previous set has gone missing yes um and uh she she brandishes them there's the oh shit moment as she like lunges lunges (laughs) and is closing it on the daughter's neck who gets yoinked away and so like this is like the third piece (laughs) like it's it's the racist like the anti-semitic comments the (laughs) cart thing and this like perfectly define the (laughs) mother-in-law yes (laughs) sure yeah um and so there's a struggle uh you know she she doesn't get this daughter's head but she also seems like much stronger than she should be yeah yeah totally like, she's like lunging at kinderman and like pressing him up against the wall right um and then that possession uh stops when we cut back to the asylum All right? and you get the the exorcist walking into which so the, ward. the exorcist, which the reason we haven't talked about it is it does feel tacked on. So like yeah. in one random scene, one, uh, he like meets with the like the archdiocese, like the whoever's the head of the the region, the cardinal, yeah. whatever. And the cardinal says, like, there's this one guy who like had a parish in I can't was it for the Philippines? Yeah, I don't remember. It's somewhere like like in like they're trying to indicate like uh, third world. Yeah. And he performed an exorcism while he was on his mission there and now he's in town. And so they cut to him every once in a while and he's had one of these like, you know, devil wind moments. <laughs> uh, praise a lot. Like and yeah. Sam just like looking nervous. Yeah. And then they cut to the the, the ward with all the lights blinking like crazy. Yeah. Right, right. And he's there in full regalia mm-hmm. uh, with this one book that you know has the exorcist, like the exorcism rights in it. Yep. And he starts, he basically goes in and starts doing the exorcism on the Gemini guy. Right. Which at this point, you're right, like nurse so the, drops. Yes. Um, and so the master then kind of intervenes here and oh, takes over Karis's body. That's what happened. So I thought it was just the gemini so it's the mat okay yeah yeah um and starts fucking up the Fighting father. back <laughs> yeah basically the the father is doing well like actually yeah. getting and he's just like fucking bring it on this time right and then he's like he ba- blasts him up and so he's like pinned against the wall and then his head starts basically s- oh but not not before we get the cool ass shot of the entire like cell on fire with snakes Right, right. Which, and they, it felt like a, th- a bit of a throwaway because it's <laughs> totally. just like suddenly they cut and there's like a cobra in the shot, and you're like, why is there a cobra? Oh, like, oh, there's fire now. Oh, there's snakes everywhere totally and like and they show his feet like yeah and it's like snakes going over like oh fuck me but then they cut again and it's all gone so you're like oh yeah. this is just like illusion projection right but they yeah shove uh morning father morning up, mm-hmm. like up in the top corner and then like, they like you get the one piece of really intense gore yeah when they like it basically like scrapes his skull open yeah like it's being pushed and rubbed against like the concrete? ceiling yeah um and he yeah he like loses basically like half the skin on his head but it looks like it gets down to brain matter to yeah, me. It's real it's real gross and, and then, he's, then dropped and he got thrown into the corner essentially yeah um and that's uh, what, things are okay at home now so kinderman rushes just, back to the hospital just is i and like i like to think like he just ran back <laughs> like, he's just like Rah! like and and like and kool-aid man Bassett like goes and gets into the you know what i mean just like Might as well have, yeah it's <laughs> like just like i'm gonna right. get in here well and and the plan is like I'm, gonna, I'm going to kill Karis. Right. Um, and Karis uh, uh, starts, like, tormenting and now attempting to kill Kinderman as soon as Kinderman gets into the cell. Yes. Um, but, and, I'll throw some against the wall. Yes. Like, the same way. Yep. But then, like, there's... Okay, this is where it's like, what the fuck is up with the lightning strikes? The, oh, the lightning strikes are weird. And then, like... So, like, basically... Uh, there, the the master is against one wall. Kinderman's yeah. against the other, like being pinned halfway up. It the father is is like conscious because he tells Kinderman to fight. Right, yeah. right, right. But he's like he's not doing well on the floor. <laughs> no, and, but then the floor starts getting blasted with these lightning bolts yeah we get some very i thought of this as very ghostbusters yeah looking and just starts punching holes which eventually create a giant pit in the middle of the floor which i'm assuming all of the souls that are inside kinderman are represented just cart floating up with karis insane shit on a cross insane just like shit floating out of the hole (laughs) and the and the crucified body of a child right. whose head is replaced by a statue of oh, Jesus, Jesus in blackface. Yes. Oh they'd, oh, they'd mentioned the blackface earlier. Yes. That was a thing. And they were really... With nails driven through his eyes. Right. Is the visual. Yes. We'll Lifted up with a bunch of hands. It's just like, fucking hell. Yeah. Clearly the most insane thing in the movie and not originally supposed to be in the movie. Right. <laughs> and then uh, ba- basically at this point... Morning wakes up enough to continue with the ritual mm-hmm. and uh distracts the master long enough for Karis to like assert dominance. Yeah, yeah. In and, in in the body? Right. And so like Karis has some semblance of free will now and is like telling Kinderman yeah, to shoot him. Yeah. Kill me now. <laughs> um and he does. Yeah. Just, like <laughs> unloads his gun into <laughs> him. Yeah. Um, and freeing Karis of both the Gemini killer and the master, right? Presumably kicking all the souls back out into the ether. Right. Uh, at which point movie wraps up real quick, <laughs> really fucking quick. We have, uh, we're, we are, we are Karis's burial. <laughs> yeah. Which the tombstone says 1975. Well, so there's still, it's got two, it's got two death dates. It says like, it says like entombed, in 75 died in 90 or something like that. It's like, it's, it's one of those like, or buried or something like whatever. We can all hope to have a tombstone that is as confusing and convoluted as that, where somebody walks by and says, wait wait a a what? (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, that's, and then like they show the tombstone and then they, they do a perspective shot from the bottom of the uh, grave Mm -hmm. and then credits. (laughs) Yep. Um, so uh, the exorcism was not supposed to be in the movie. Right. That was tacked on. I, and it doesn't, it isn't necessary. Like um, I can see, although I don't know how they get, how does, how does he, the uh, murder get interrupted then? So initially the Gemini killer, his motive is supposed to be his fraught relationship with his father. Oh, right. He keeps mentioning how he like, that's what he's trying to do is he's trying to yes. like, m- embarrass his dad. And initially there are, uh, it was supposed to be that there were flashbacks to the like bad interactions he had with his father that are leading to him becoming the Gemini killer. Okay. And the end is supposed to be, and the book is that the, like the climax with the Gemini killer is happening just as his dad has a heart attack and dies, which is the thing that snaps him out of the, Oh, okay. So, you know, like, is this separate from a movie standpoint, way more difficult to pull off because you're only working on an emotional connection. It's a different movie. Yeah. Um, It also, like, the lore starts to get a little weird because how are father and son connected? Yeah, yeah, right. Like, if my dad has a heart attack, I don't think I'd feel it. Sure. Right, right. Um, But... So, so it's interesting anyway, you know, yeah, like yeah. it's that it is, it is different. You, you know, there's part of me that would like to at least see what that this would like, I is. know that it was tacked on, but yeah. I don't know if I would have necessarily noticed it. Like it, this feels like a fine thing. Sure. Like I don't a think for an exorcist movie. Absolutely. The, the issues <laughs> with the movie, I don't think hinge on those parts of it. No, no, weirdly. No. Um, also, um, so this, this movie, um, will also go on to become a focal point of the Jeffrey Dahmer trial. Oh, um, because, uh, detectives, uh, testified that Dahmer claimed to identify with the Gemini killer and would actually play this movie for some of his victims before killing them. And, uh, Dahmer's final, attempted victim, Tracy Edwards testified that Dahmer would rock back and forth while chanting at various times and that he especially enjoyed a sequence with the possessed Karis and Gemini killer. And Dahmer went so far as to purchase yellow contact lenses to more resemble, um, uh, uh, Red yeah. yeah. Um, Gemini, as, yeah. as well as emulate another film character he admired, Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I mean, that's, I, that's easy a to throw shade at Jeffrey Dahmer, but like, cool role model. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, I really like, I really like that guy who gets his face melted off and raises <laughs> blood star. Like, it just that guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like <laughs> what? <laughs> like, let me take a, like one of the more more cartoony of villains out there. Yeah. Oh. Um. So what do you, what did what did you think? I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is cool. like I it's actually an interesting stark contrast to the last picture show. Like the last picture show was a like masterclass in filmmaking. Like the, everything they did in that movie was insane. Mm -hmm. This movie had massive film problems. Like it just wasn't executed in many ways. Very good. That being said, like it nailed a couple of things incredibly well. Like it's emotional content was amazing. Yeah. Uh, and some of the richest performances from like a, like, uh, very typical drama school perspective were yeah. insane. Like these are things that you only see in from a handful of actors out there who can actually pull off this shit. Right. Um, which I, that I think is similar to like the last picture show where you have these people, but just different style of like, you <laughs> right. know, how, how minimal can you go on one versus like how big can you go and still sell it as authentic? Like totally. Brad Dorff is just, insane, saying ridiculous things in a ridiculous amount of love, uh, power mm-hmm. And it just, it reads as real. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, for, for one second, I don't disbelieve. Like he doesn't come off as, as ridiculous. No, no. Which he should, given like how just insane he's. Yeah. Like, I, can you imagine, you know, a, a B-level actor? I don't mean like a B-list actor, but like a B-level actor trying to do that role. Totally. Oh, there's, there's a way to make this movie that makes it very campy and dumb. Yeah. And this film avoids that no this is a very serious movie yeah and it's i it did feel a little like cheesy at the end because it what it like the the bit was that like uh caris slash gemini is like i'm gonna help you with your unbelief sure that was like a little bit of a yeah 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 whatever i believe in anger right rage yeah yeah which was it's a bit much. I, I actually like George C. Scott's reaction because he didn't like to the pat like, no, I believe. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know? Right. Like, I've seen enough to know the god my <laughs> goodness believe whatever. Uh Yeah. I But like it's got huge holes. Sure. But the nurses station scene. <laughs> yeah. Stellar. Yeah. Brad Dorff amazing. George C. Scott and uh oh, what's the guy's name who did Dyer? Ed something. Oh, Ed Flanders. Ed Flanders. Not Ned Flanders. Not Ned, Ed. <laughs> Uh, that, that whole interaction stellar. Yeah. Uh, amazing choices by Dr. Temple. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) But everything else. Eh. Yeah. I, I I liked it a lot. I would definitely recommend it. Um, this is not something that I would have ever, uh, done had we not been summoned to do so by a time machine. No. Um, but given that i would i would i would recommend this to more people who would likely write it off yeah um i and you get plenty of the like extra. you know you get some great disturbing catholic shit in here throughout um you get what you what you think you're going to get but i think you get a lot more you get a lot of like this feeling of dread and tension with mostly just dialogue and atmosphere and the occasional like the anxiety that the like um jump cuts between scenes happen like there's you know you're you have the like weird dialogue and then suddenly you're in a new place yes like you, you have those establishing shots that you were talking about but it it tends to like clip it's forward jarred. jarring which is it's actually again opposite of the last picture show where like right. the, there was no transition yeah. in time like yeah what, yeah like this one at least like oh I know I'm in a different place but I, I feel like it's like the place just hit me in the face yes totally um, so yeah I liked it a lot um, I and i am I'm thrilled to have uh, watched a, a horror movie together yeah. I did not think that was going to happen no, um, me, I mean I wouldn't have predicted it no I mean the first two movies I would not have predicted that we're gonna we were watching no I, I, w- I don't know was was this sufficient time machine? One moment. Processing memory quality within acceptable guidelines. Please stand
0: by as temporal transport is initiated in three, two,
1: one. Ugh, I'm never going to get used to that. No. <sighs> Where and are we? we did not get any closer to home. What? November 27th, 1958. What? Yeah. This concludes today's adventure. None of This Is Real is brought to you by Adam Farnsworth, Nick Rennes, and a sentient time machine. Our theme song, 21st Century Coyote, and our outro music, Pirates of the Known Dinghy, were written and performed by John Van Dusen. Visit Real.com for more information on the podcast. Also, follow at N-O-T-I-R pod on Instagram and Twitter. That's N-O-T-I-R-P-O-D. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere fine podcasts are sold. Podcasts, it's radio for millennials. Our behind-the-scenes podcast, Some of This is Real, is available exclusively by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash n-o-t-i-r pod. Thank you for listening, and remember, none of this is real.